intentional walk to Barry Bonds. Two and two with the bases loaded and one out. Oh, oh my God. Deep to right field. Way up there and way out of here. Second that walk off home run. Grand slash. Hello and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bases Loaded. Base Load is a fantasy baseball podcast, and I'm your host, Mike Curland. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. And tonight, I am joined by George and almost called you Zach, Mike. Oh, <laughs> you can fo- man. I know, it's one of those things. Well, we, you're, you're, you're coming off a of cold, so you're a little monotone, so that's where the... <laughs> that's where yeah, the- I'm, pretty sure I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm always monotone. <laughs> you have a little more enthusiasm in your voice compared to Zach, but regardless, <laughs> you can follow these guys on Twitter. George is at jmontanas 90 Mike is at spstreamer. Did I say how you can follow me? I think I did, but I'm going to repeat myself. I'm at Mike underscore Curlin. And we are just going to kind of talk what we what I deemed was it, what I deem a buried treasure, something like that, something cliche. But essentially, we're just highlighting uh, we're going to have we're going to give you nine names in total, three each that uh, that you can grab outside of the top 380 in ADP. So we can kind of just dive right in. I mean, other than the Edwin Encarnacion news, there hasn't really been much to discuss i would say as far as relevant news by the time this is released and we all agree it's a great signing and great value. i don't know <laughs> anything else you want to add on that before we really yeah no i mean uh you obviously that white Sox team is trying to contend you know this this season and signing encarnacion you wonder uh you know what that does with all the time at dh for guys like grendall and uh zach collins his value is probably just you know completely gone at this point McCann. Abreu, yeah mccann so i mean McCann, yeah, I'm saying um, McCann uh, follow like McCann and Zach Collins definitely took a hit. McCann was almost a viable absolutely. catcher two, like a catcher two in deep in deep uh, formats, but now he's almost like you're he's a catcher he's a catcher three at best right now, and you're yeah. hoping he gets traded. But other than that, again, that's kind of the ramifications of it, kind of all about it. The White Sox are just exciting and a fun team. I'm glad to see it. that that division's for the taking. So. Yeah, and then um, I'm not sure if this signing, uh, if we touched on Hunjin Ryu last time to the Blue Jays. No, uh, we didn't. But I mean, I've talked about it enough on Twitter. I'm just kind of, <laughs> I, I'm just, I, I, I'm with you. Like, I don't know if you guys feel this way, but I'm not overly excited. It's a, it's a park downgrade. It's a division mm-hmm. downgrade. I feel like it's a lateral move, honestly. It's a worse offense. What do you mean lateral? He's facing a harder division, mm. worse, worse, worse mm. ballparks, worse ballparks all around. Essentially, I kind of like the defense behind him though, which is what really matters. Which is going to be better than the Dodgers? Probably not. Well, I think they could be just <laughs> as good, and well, you know, I I, I just think I it's know. a lateral move. I, I don't know that's my opinion. I'm not a huge I'm not a huge fan. <laughs> Your opinion doesn't matter right now, Mike. I mean, <laughs> I'm low on him for the year anyway, so regardless. <laughs> Where do you have him ranked? Do you have, do you recall? Uh, I have off, no off idea. Top no fifty idea though, right? Top forty ish. Yeah, I think so. Okay, that's I think I put him around forty, and I felt yeah. kind of I felt kind of weird doing it because it's like I might favor him over like a Mad Bum type, but that's like they're both kind of neck and neck with me. I don't know. That's that's that's, a, that's the range I have them. So mostly because of health, not because of skill. Anyway, okay, now we could dive in. All right. <laughs> All right. So I think I'm I'm just gonna start because I think my guy has the lowest ADP technically out of the the the, the nine players we're gonna discuss tonight. And my first guy is Sam Hilliard, which I thought I had the ADP pulled up, but apparently I cannot find it. Give me a second. Sam Hilliard has an ADP of three fifteen point nine five in early NFBC drafts, and he really is gonna be a 
big a huge riser or a huge faller. I think his price right now is pretty fair, but there's a lot to like here. I think he can actually hold off um what's his face? Hampson over there in in um in Colorado and he came up and showed he was capable of a little power, a little bit of speed. And in the minors last year, he put up 35 home runs and 22 stolen bases. And it's not the first time. In 2017, he put 21 home runs and 37 stolen bases. The power and speed skill is very legit. There's some batting average there. I mean, and cores will help carry that. So the, and, the bat, and the BABIP is very real because of the speed. So I think just in general, a solid high upside guy, a little, a little bit of power and speed. And – cores i just again it comes down to if he wins that job and i think i think he can i mean i don't see why not right now he's actually slotted to be the starter there's and again and i for something i did and i didn't mention although the k rate is a little concerning you know it does sit around you know the mid to upper 20s the walk rate sits around eight, anywhere from eight and a half to about 10 percent. so he does get on base so the on base skills are there so stolen bases will come and i think people want power and speed people want speed that isn't empty Sam Hilliard is a great target to grab outside of the top 300, albeit just outside, because he offers that power and speed combination. So, don't know. So, I mean, what do you guys think about him? <laughs> I mean, he's kind of a, he's kind of an interesting topic, I think. Yeah, he's got a ton of upside. I mean, post 300, you're looking at he showed last season that he has a ton of power. Uh, I do know that he strikes out quite a bit, but we'll see. It. I mean, it all depends on how many out bats they want to give Ian Desmond. You know, guys like that. I was going to yeah. say the only problem is the Rockies love to block their prospects any way possible so yeah <laughs> we gotta see what they end up doing obviously but exactly and I, I, that's why being outside the top 300 that's why i get myself i'll take a few shares of hilliard but i'm passing on hampson because you know they're relatively in similar situations one being drafted you know probably over 100 picks sooner so that's that's my big thing so i'm taking the value on hilliard and hoping it pays off Zach, who's your first Zach? See, I'm calling you Zach now. <laughs> Mike, who's your first guy, man? Uh, um, I'm going with Howie Kendrick first. Uh, he's currently going at 323. Okay, so right um, behind I mine. know. Yeah, I know he's probably – he might end up platooning, but he did that this year. He was still a top 200 player, um, so you still get him at a discount. He was 20th overall in barrels per plate, plate appearance percentage. And um, I just think he's going to replicate what he did last year. I mean, he put up – what did he do? He put up <clears throat> put up 17 homers, 62 RBIs. He got a couple steals in there. Um, and he hit cleanup for them. So, I mean, if especially if they end up going a little more full-time with him, he's going to have plenty of opportunities. And I just think he's still at a great value for 2020. He is multi-positional eligible too, right? That's a big deal. Yeah, he's first and second right now in FBC leagues, which means if you play in Yahoo, he probably has first, second, third. (laughs) (laughs) Shortstop outfield catcher. Yeah, he sneezes. (laughs) He sneezed on a position last year. He has eligibility. So uh, that's a big bonus. And like you said, I think the big thing is that I think he right now is – right now, obviously, they haven't made – if they get like a Donaldson and stuff, it kind of crowds it, keep him comes up. I get that. But right now, he kind of is slotted in, I believe, to be the starting first baseman without much competition there. Yeah, Steamer actually projects him for 535 plate appearances. Oh, wow. So. And so so basically, a daily league, he'd be way more – and that's another yeah, thing. You have to remember, right. these guys are the, – we're, we're talking outside the top 300, so there's always going to be a flaw to find in every single one of them. Most of it, most of the time, it's playing time. So. Yeah, they'll all have, like, caveats to them. So, but these are going to be hopefully helpful names for you to consider come draft day. 
or if you're drafting now. George, name your first uh, post-300 <laughs> treasure. All right, so my first guy, I mean, you know, there won't be too many fantasy-relevant giants, you know, this season. So and if I have an opportunity to talk about one of my guys, um, <laughs> I'm going to do it right here. Mauricio Dubon is my first guy. Uh, second base, shortstop, uh, dual eligible. Uh, well, I mean, he should be spelling Crawford at times at, at uh, shortstop, but should get most of his time at second base. But uh, yeah, he, they got him last season, and uh, he's. I think he's got. There's, there's no one there that is stopping him from being like a top of the order bat in, in that lineup. I know that like roster resource right now has him projected to bat like near uh, the bottom of the lineup, but really, I mean, there's no one there that would prevent him. From, from hitting closer to the top. And uh, I, I think he's got, you know, good double-digit home run and, and stolen base uh, upside, you know, upwards of uh, 10 to 15 for each. He has uh, three seasons of 30 steals in the minors. He made his debut last season. He, he came up and he showed a little bit of that potential, hitting 274 with uh, four home runs and three steals in 30 games. So, uh, yeah, he's just a you – know, he's not a great OBP guy, but, I mean, he's, he's got some speed. He, he can hit for average. He makes a ton of contact. He, he doesn't strike out. So just one of those guys that you could target late to give you just a little bit of a uh, combo, you know, a little bit of home run power and, and won't hurt you in average. Well, that kind of plays right into my next guy because my next guy is kind of the same thing. It's um, Ian Happ, and it's one of those, like, post-hype, post-post-hype sleeper type of guys, and he's at 362. He's only 25 years old, which I kind of forgot how young he was. And if you combine his double A, oh, sorry, his triple A and, and major league stint last year, he had 27 home runs, 11 steals, and he actually hit 264 in his in his 58 games up in the major leagues. He's not a batting average guy. I get that, but I think 250 is very attainable. And you're talking about potentially 10 steals and 25 or so home runs. I mean, he did those 25 home runs in 500 and. Well, I'm trying to do the math on the fly, about 580 at-bats. And right now he is slotted in to start every day, or maybe not start every day, but he's definitely slotted in as a starter. Would be at least a strong side of platoon. He does walk a ton. And the very encouraging thing about him was, albeit in a, in a minor, in a, in a smaller capacity, he did improve all like pretty much across the board his plate discipline. So there is a lot to, you know, there's a lot of upside there to be had. And just remember, I mean, was it two years ago now? He was like a mid-round guy, like a eighth or so round guy people were taking because he came off came off so strong in 2017, if I remember correctly, something like that. So it's there. The upside's there. There's a, and again, the, you're getting it. You're getting that potential at such a cheap price. I really like Ian Happ this year. Yeah, yeah, it's a good pick. <laughs> that's all I got. I don't know, that's all I got. But, well, and one last thing I guess I did notice is also is, um, he did kind of take more of an all-fields approach. Nothing too drastic, but he definitely pulled a little less, put the ball to center a little more. So, again, just a little like more of a – maybe showing more of a maturity and some in growth, in overall growth at the plate, but nothing too much because, like I said, it's very, very minor compared to 2018. But it seemed to play well, at least in 2019. So, I like him as long as he's a projected starter coming into 2020, which if they move Chris Bryant, he definitely should and might even gain – base eligibility you can't bank on that but that is a possibility so it's Ian Happy that's my second guy uh, Mike who's your second guy my second guy is going to be Daniel Norris he's Ooh. currently going at 660 Deep. Uh, yeah he's got a really good changeup, which I like um, it's on basically like top 10 in almost every category and uh, he also has a decent slider the problem with him was his fastball because he basically just threw it down the middle every time <laughs> um, 
but towards I was kind of looking at his heat maps and towards the end of the year he started placing it more up in zones, which is what you want to see. Um, I also noticed that he is very, very bad third time through the order. And what the Tigers decided to do towards the end of the year, they kind of were only letting him go about three innings. So I guess his caveat is we've got to see if they start letting him go a little longer. Maybe they could just get him to five and maybe only sees the lineup twice. And, I mean, with a good slider changeup combo and if, he inc- and if he improves the location of that fastball, I feel like he could provide a lot of value. And he's only 26, too, so he's young. Well, keep it rolling, Mike. I'm enjoying the monotone voice. <laughs> who's, your, who's your third guy, man? I mean, it's hard uh, to again. I want, I want, I want to pick. I want to pick. You know, I want to pick at these names a little bit, but it's just it's hard to because again, all these players, you're you're going deep, man, and we all are. It's like we're all taking these, we're taking shots, and that's what this is all about. But we're trying to help exploit the ADP and show you guys like, hey, there are names out there to be had, especially in your deeper leagues. Take advantage of it. So anyway, Mike, go ahead and keep rolling with your third guy. <laughs> All right, I'll try to be as monotone as possible for you. Oh, doing great. I'm falling asleep here while I'm trying to read the questions for later. So go ahead. My, yeah, my last guy is Merrill Kelly, who I've talked about a little bit in the past. Um, he's basically you just got to watch his fastball velocity and see what it's doing in spring training. Uh, he has a decent car and curveball, but when his fastball was 93 or higher, he killed it for five starts. He put a sub-2 ERA up with a decent K-walk percentage. And currently he's going after guys who are pretty boring, like Anibal Sanchez. And I just feel like if, if this guy's throwing, you know, if he's throwing 93 or higher coming into the season, he's definitely worth the risk at 328. Uh, no, actually, as far as Merrill Kelly goes, I, I've started coming around on myself. I, I know I do recall how we finished off the season and that's kind of what's stuck in my head. So I'm hoping that kind of rolls over into this year as well. And again, at the price, He's a great back end of your rotation filler for fantasy teams. George, who's your third guy? Yeah, so my third guy, uh, Luis Urias. He, you know, made the change over to uh, the Brewers. Another guy who's a second base shortstop uh, dual eligibility going at uh, 316 right now in the NFBC ADPs. Uh, Another one of those guys that has uh, more upside. You know, uh, I, I'd say that he's got a considerably more upside than than Dubon. Dubon is more of a kind of a safer pick, but uh, Urias, he's got that upside. We saw what he did in the minors uh, last season. Uh, he hit 315 with 19 home runs, seven steals in, in AAA. Uh, and I mean, it, it's no it's no mystery at this point, like what he needs to do. We know that he needs to uh, lift the ball a little more, and I know that. He has made some gains in, in that aspect, but uh, I think uh, 49% ground ball rate still is still too much, you know, um, but you like a lot of, of his profile as far as like, you know, he, he has good walk rates. He actually, he had a combined 86.8% medium to hard contact rate. The, the thing is, you know, it, he needs to lift the ball because taking a look at his stack cast data, you know, he had a 92.1 mile per hour uh, average exit velocity on line drives but an 83.8 average exit velocity on ground balls. And, uh, you know, if he can just lift that ball and, you know, we've seen guys go to to Milwaukee, you know, you love the park there. And uh, yeah, I mean, we know the change he needs to make. And uh, if he can do that, I think he's got the potential to get you, you know, 20 to 25 home runs, uh, chip in, you know, maybe 10 steals hitting that lineup in that park. So going after pick 300, I, I think he's, you know, considering, 
just how shallow second base is too. I, I think he's worth the shot. I think that was George's second though, not third. Was right. it? I don't know anymore. Right, yeah, that was my second. Oops. <laughs> oh, you know, Mike what? just completely ruined the 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 uh, order of this. <laughs> I, yeah, I did. It's I all good. I, you know, go it went right over back, my head. Andrew. I didn't even. Know. <laughs> having you go, having you go back to back, it just it felt right, Mike. I'm sorry, George. <laughs> so you now know we let George go. Back George, to back. go back to back. Yeah, exactly. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go back to back here. I got um, another one of my San Francisco guys, uh, Logan Webb. He is going all the way up at pick 602 on NFBC. He, you know, he did really good last season in, in double A. He had a 2.18 ERA, 10.23 K per nine, kind of earned his way up to the majors uh, where uh, he made eight starts. He had a 5.22 ERA, but it came with a 4.12 FIP. So, I mean, you see in San Francisco, you know, if there's any place that a guy is going to outpitch like his his peripherals, who maybe who doesn't have the best stuff, it's going to be you know in San Francisco in that park, and especially considering that he's a really good ground ball pitcher. He had you know over sixty percent ground ball rate in in, in the minors last season. Uh, came up and he had a forty eight percent ground ball rate uh, up in in the majors. Um, he got a little bit unlucky, sixty five point four percent strand rate, uh, three thirty three BABIP against him. So, I mean, I think, yeah, uh, that late, I, I think he's worth keeping an eye on there in, in San Francisco. I think he's got, I mean, you're, you're looking at guys like Cueto, Samarja. You wonder how much upside they have left at this point. So if you're going to, you know, try to pick. They don't. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So Webb actually, you know, he, he's probably one of the more intriguing arms there in San Francisco. So I thought I'd highlight him here he did end the season you know with with two solid performances uh, two quality starts against the Braves and Dodgers so we'll see if he can carry that over into 2020 so I want to keep an eye on there in, in San Francisco with Logan Webb yeah I actually just one quick thing on Webb he actually has a really really good slider um, he creates a lot of weak contact his K percentage was over 40 40 percent on it and he's yeah. providing a 0.49 FIP on it too um, he's got a decent change up too, so I kind of like both of his breaking pitches. And like you said, George, he creates a lot, a lot of ground balls, which is great. Right. Um, yeah. And if he could just improve his fastball a little bit, I mean, plus in that park and that yeah. late in the draft, he's definitely like a, a solid kind of shot in the dark kind of guy. Exactly. So, um, like you said, you highlighted his slider, and which is great. And uh, he actually got a 50% ground ball rate on the fastball. Um, you know, so I mean, you can if you combine all those things and you know see if he can put everything together next season. He's going to have all the opportunity there in San Francisco, and like I said, you like the park, so yeah, I think he, uh, Logan Webb is is someone to keep an eye on, and maybe you know in your deep deep leagues, uh, take a shot with your last pick. Well, this kind of falls right into my last guy. Well, not really. Your last guy did as a brewer, because <laughs> um, uh, I had the per- I had the transition ready from Dubon. To my guy, so I'm, I'm talking about a Brewers pitcher, of course, but not named Brandon Woodruff. It's Corbin Burns, and talking about sliders, he has a slider. He had a slider last year with a 53.3 percent uh, K percentage on it, with an XBA of 163 and a BA of 181. So the slider was highly effective, and it was the second most thrown pitch. And I'm sure Mike will start digging in now that I said that. Um, <laughs> no, I've already looked into him. I like him too this year. Dude, as long yeah, as he so, starts, I'm like, well, if he thing. starts, I'll, I'll be actually Well, excited. here's the thing. At his ADP right now, like 460 or 470, whatever it was, it was really high. I think it was like over 460 or 470 right now in early NFBC drafts. I've drafted him on both my NFBC teams, 
And it's for the simple fact that if he starts, great. If he relieves, I'm fine with that because I think he's this year's Ryan Presley. You're looking at a guy with a K per nine of 12.86. The walks are a little concerning at three, or just over three and a half. But the walks, I guess, can be concerning. But, dude, the home run rate is not realistic. It's not going to sustain. His his ground ball uh, – sorry, his, his strand rate was crazy low at 57.4%. It's just one of those things. It's like his ground ball percentage was actually better than Shane Bieber's. So it's like there's obviously a lot of bad luck here. You just when he gets hit, he gets hit. Like when he, when, they, when someone puts contact on the ball, it goes. ERA of eight point eight two and a FIP of six point oh nine. Ouch. You look at the xFIP though of three point three seven and the Sierra of three point five five. It shows that there is a like there's a stark contrast between the the you know the ERA and the some of the indicators. So there's a lot of a lot of things to like about him. And again, that strikeout rate at the very least, he could be this year's Ryan Presley, multi-inning relief pitcher that helps you with ratios, K's and fall into a few saves. And my biggest thing is that I'm hoping he starts, but even if he stays in a relief role, if with all this hater talk, I think you could see Burns fall into that closer role in a similar fashion, maybe a more tuning fashion. So maybe he falls into 10 or 15 saves on the high end. You can't bank on that. But I think that potential outcome is there with their current uh, setup in their, in their bullpen. So that there's, there's a lot of different directions to go. I think at the very least you're getting that, that, you know, that, that middle relief guy that a lot of people like to target in Roto leagues for, for ratio support. I think he's going to give you that. He'll get you some wins, maybe fall into a couple saves, but can go either direction as a starter or as a solid innings eater out of their bullpen. So. And uh, really quick, I decided to look up of course. Um, minimum. I did like a minimum 250 pitches. So, mm-hmm. because I know he, he did, he pitched in the pen a little bit last year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, his slider, he was ranked number one for swing strike rate. He's oh, 35.2%. I want, I want a shout out. I want a shout out on the tweet you put out about it now. <laughs> he, I want, he, I want like, like he beat out Liam Hendricks slider somehow. Corbin's to, I mean, Corbin throws it a lot more, so you can't really, but. Better than Will Smith's slider, better than Ken Giles' slider. Like other relief pitchers that focus. Yeah. yeah. Dude, yeah. it's I, I what it's stands impressive. out to me, that start that he had when he was like one of his first starts, he only went like three and like a third inning. Like it was like a three and a third inning. He went like I don't think he made it out of four because he had eight K's like in that one yeah. first start. I was like, what the and Yeah, was, I, I remember watching his first over. start. Exactly. You you re, you remember that start and it was like like I think it was like his first eight or nine batters, like you said, he struck out. Um, I, I was actually just looking at it now because I, I wanted to, to you know, touch on that outing. It was his first outing. He went five innings, but he struck out 12 batters in five innings. So, okay. I thought yeah. he didn't make it that far. I just remember him striking out everybody, and I guess he did it efficiently. But – and his home – that's the thing. His home run to fly ball rate was 38.6%. Like, really? Like, are you really good? Like, come on. Like, in all seriousness, that's, it's ridiculous. He really just got killed by a long ball last year. Yeah. Rate, I, I think the strand rate improves. I think the strand rate improves. I think the home run, the fly ball, I think the home run rate uh, improves. And, again, another he's a pitcher who got more of ground balls than Shane Bieber, and that's impressive. Not a lot of people can say that, albeit a smaller sample size. But Is he projected in the rotation right now or no? I don't believe so. That's why okay. – I. But that's why you get you get him at the discount. And if he doesn't break the rotation, again, you know, we get a lot of people yeah. on, I, on the relief pitcher uh, podcast. We're, we're, spoiler alert, we have one every year. He, like, <laughs> people, a, a, common, a common question is, oh, who are some of those middle, middle relief guys you can get? Oh, I'm, I'm getting ahead of the game. I'm telling you now that this is one of those guys you take now because I think there's going to be some helium because just for that reason, people are going to be like, oh, well, who's this year's Ryan Presley? Who's this year's Andrew Miller? And at the very least, I think Corbin Burns can give you that. 
And right now yeah. he is not. Right now it's Woodruff, Hauser, yeah, just Brett saw. Anderson, Lindblom, Lindblom, sorry, Lindblom, whatever his name is. Eric Lauer. Is seventh inning guy right now. But but that I mean that's realistically what haters also they also they also have haters a closer and we all know hater although he might be the the most often closer I think if they can they'd like to get him back to a two inning role which could open the door for more Burns potential I'm not saying Burns can get more than five saves I think still getting five saves maybe two or three wins like that I think that's still really valuable in today's fantasy um, especially especially in roto leagues and categories leagues in today's fantasy. um, not format, not layout. The word I can't think of, and just the way it is because of how you know pitchers are being utilized. So yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you. He's a good pick. You know, last season we saw you know the Brewers they don't like to use Hater more than two consecutive days. Uh, so that's why you see guys, you saw guys like Matt Albers uh, getting saves, Junior Guerra. You know, it, there's opportunity there for sure for him to run into um, you know a few saves. So, so he's a good pick, a good. Speculative, uh, speculative ad there uh, late in drafts. So that's gonna that's all nine of them. And because we ran through this podcast again, this is just our way of you know one final podcast for the new year. We also want to try to keep podcasts around thirty to forty five minutes. We're trying to cater to that, give you more with less time, so we can it helps us helps you. It's perfect. But since we have some extra time, we have we did get a few questions, and should we just start with the big one that kind of got. All the, the the buzz around it. I mean, Errol yeah. Cohen just stopped, just decided to put in this question that made us argue for about half an hour. Errol <laughs> <laughs> Cohen um, at ATCNY, is there any merit to punting or at least foregoing roto categories at the draft for a standalone shallow home league, 10, 12 team mix? Essentially, he's not saying, and he's not, oh, sorry, I'm not saying to completely punt but you can effectively focus away from a category at the draft and use waivers and trades to balance. He, uh, we, I think me and you might kind of agree on it. I'll let you speak on yeah. it first though. Cause I know you were the first one to comment when I told you not to. On the oh, you told me not to. Well, I, I didn't know. tell you not to. I figured you would realize it's a question for tonight. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this guy commented and, or I don't know, whatever. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't believe in completely punting. Uh, that's, you should never do that, but. I tend to not really focus on saves. And personally, myself in fantasy, I've always done this. I've always just worked a wire or drafted guys that were the next man up, and it's always worked out for me. And I, you know, as I said on Twitter, I was in a league with Errol Cohen this year, and I ended up beating him. And I basically didn't Humble bother. Brag. Humble yeah, brag. I didn't there. bother <laughs> drafting saves, and I just worked the wire all year. And eventually, I became, I went to middle of the pack saves, but the rest of all the other categories, I was like top five in because I focused on those instead of just this one single category where relievers are just so erratic and you never know what, you know. I feel like the top guys that go over here, they never pan out. You never profit off them. So, um, personally, I think it is possible. Um, but as we, so on Twitter, other people do not agree. <laughs> I think you have the right idea, though. As far as as long as you realize, you have to really strengthen up the other categories. But again, you're not full, you're not completely punting. The idea is if you're going to be weak somewhere, finish mid pack. That's what you want to consider weak. Finish mid pack, and if you have and if you're really strong, deal from a strength and buy a weakness. That's like there's always somebody that needs power. There's always somebody that needs speed. If you have if you have ex- excess of it. 
deal it. But again, it is, you know, league dependent. It, you just never know who you're going to find. You might get stuck with who you draft. So you can't depend on trades, but you have to be quick on the wire, be willing to spend the fab. I'm with you, Mike. I mean, I don't necessarily – I like to leave my draft with at least two closers, but they're usually the lower – The I'll get yeah, like one right. guy – I'll get one guy right around the eighth or, eighth or ninth round, maybe tenth round. I'll get one guy kind of as my main closer. Then I usually circle around with two guys at the end of drafts. Like a Brandon – like last year was like a Brandon Workman was a guy and, you know, stuff like that. So like – and Colome was another one that was late. So like this year we're going to have to – once we get to RP, we'll talk about it more. But that's my personal strategy. I usually leave with two or three, but it's usually one that's for sure and two that are like somewhat question marks that might fall into ten saves. So I'm kind of right with you. Like I just work the wire and try to trade. Yeah. Yeah, I'm right there with you guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Typically, I'm just not. It's just not my style of play. You know, I I like to try to come out of the draft. You know, pretty balanced. But if there is one category, um, you know, the the question didn't specifically. I don't know if it specifically you know talked about saves in particular. But you know that closers have the biggest turnover. So you know that's the. If you're going to do it on a a category, it's going to be for saves. And yeah, I'm I'm right there with you guys. I like to come out with at least one, you know, solid closer. I did have a lot of, you know, Alex Colome, those kind of late guys late in, in drafts. And then you can they're they're always there. You know, Liam Hendricks, Emilio Pagan, uh, even you know, Mark Melanson late, uh, Joe Jimenez late, Hector Maris. Yeah, sure. Um, I know uh, Hansel Robles. He was definitely not touched. He was not drafted at all. When I when I responded with those names, he didn't respond back to that that tweet of all things because it was like a proven point, like. Well, if it's he, I, it kind of it was a little frustrating when he commented on the whole. It wasn't. Uh, it doesn't mean it's competitive. It means it's not competitive or whatever. I'm like, yeah, I don't, that, no. I don't buy into that because again, the names that we just named. If you drafted even half those names, kudos in a ten or twelve teamer. Kudos to you. Right. Fifteen teamers. Hansel Robles. I did drafting holds last year. Robles went undrafted in fifty round drafting holds. Like I had him on one team by sheer like, and because he wasn't when I drafted him, he was he was still on the Mets, I think, or wherever he got traded from or drops from or whatever. He wasn't even on the angels at the time. Like he wasn't, he wasn't brought to the angels to be a closer. He was like the third in line. And because of injuries, he fell into it and took, and took advantage. Yeah. I mean, in the beginning of the season, who would have thought that uh, Mark Melanson would have been relevant in the second half, you know, well, that's William, what I'm Hendricks. Saying so. or William Hendricks. Exactly. All right. be, although, although wasn't Hendricks, one of those eight, eighth inning guys, you might've maybe came out of your draft with. Well, yeah, but again, that's someone that you could have got at the end of the Kyle draft Crick, for a dollar. And, yeah. Him. And it's not someone that you're drafting in 10 to 12 team leagues, which this question is alluding to. Yeah. So that's why it's like, I did take a little bit of exception to that. Nothing wrong with it. I mean, I don't think he meant any offense by it, but I was like, to call it, I mean, I'm like, I play like, that's just never been my experience, especially in my home leagues. So we can move on from that question. It kind of falls right into MLB moving averages. He's a good guy. I talk to him a lot behind the scenes, but uh, he's talking about draft champions formats with an overall component early. And he's saying as far as tackling saves, because this was a save conversation, with an incomplete data set given it's so early, do you spread those late RP slot spots out on cherry pick talent, or do you stay within one team hoping those op- for those ops? I-, I guess I'll answer this. I know you guys don't really do draft champions, especially this early. So at least my my thing has been kind of tackling that. I usually get two closers in this format that I know have a job, barring injury or a random trade coming up. Like like these two, like I usually grab two guys, and it's usually in that ten to fifteen you know rank range in my ranks of closers. I expect to get twenty to thirty ops 
or prior to being traded or have it, like I said, have a sure job. And then I'll aim for my Corbin Burns late. I might attack a certain, like you can get the Tigers guys late right now. So I might stick to a team in that aspect. And yeah, lately I, I've tried to handcuff my main guys, but I never, but I always try to get two and then play them. And then I play the matchups or the likelihood and, or chase the talent late. But I do, at the very least, like I said, I'm reiterating it. I always have two guys that have the job for sure as of right now and guys I think will have the job for sure entering the season. That's how I attack early. Because, again, draft champions formats, if you're not familiar, there are 50-team draft and hold formats, no waivers, no nothing. So, yeah, that's that's how I do them. I mean, I guess, <laughs> again, I know I handled the question, but it's because I know I'm probably the only one that's, like, crazy enough doing drafts right now. Like, I've done two already, so. Yeah, it's probably I just probably burned three hundred bucks. No big deal. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next question is from David David Swan at Davithius. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> do you believe the IL switch from ten to fifteen day will make a difference on SPs? George, do you think that? I mean, I, I think so. I think you'll see less of these, you know, phantom, uh, you know, DL stints. No more Dodger yeah, phantom injuries. So <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The Dodgers can't play that game this year. It's going to be exactly. huge. It's going to be interesting. Gosh. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it will play a factor. And I'm guessing you agree, Mike, as the as Yeah, the I agree. Guy. I was going to bring up the Dodgers and just say it's glad that – I'm just glad they can't play those stupid games anymore. Well, you I did mean, just bring them up, so. Yeah, and, yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> – um, One, one yeah, question. I mean – Oh, sorry. I was just going to transition. No, 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 Do you have, else, you have anything yeah, else to add? Yeah, go on. No, go all right, because, yeah, it's, we're, it's redundant. Um, we all agree. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Such a D-I-C-K. <laughs> I spelled it. I didn't say it. <laughs> you better hope the kid that's in the car listening is older than, like, seven or younger than seven <laughs> and can't spell. Or if a seven-year-old, if a six-year-old can't spell. Regardless. All right. At Kopecky QB9. He asked this question, and I just saw it as we were recording. So I don't have any answers off the top of my head, but I'm hoping you do, Mike, because you're the most prepared when it comes to uh, starting pitchers, obviously. Who is this year's Shane Bieber? Highly targeted late-round SP who is going to live up to the hype. Was he late rounds last year, or was he, like, in shallow uh, formats? Like, was he, like, I mean, I would say, like, middle, not late. Right, yeah. Well, it depends on the depth of the format, right? Like, so I'm picturing guys in that round, guys that you were probably ranking in that 35 to, like, a – 45 that that range maybe either way mike who are a couple names that you think could take that next step i don't know so like we were just saying we don't really know exactly where it went but the first thing that popped in my head was zach allen um i feel like he's going like middle of the pack and um he's uh i feel like everyone's trying to target him but i think he deserves it i mean the guy has so many different pitches and he proved how good he was last year he's on a good he's on a pretty good team too which is gonna get you wins kind of are you just signed because he left the marlins is that why <laughs> well that too but <laughs> or are you just not a fan of him no i'm just i'm sick of the i'm sick of the the, the love the yeah the the helium is just it's getting well it bad. makes sense i mean it, it, he's essentially what bieber was last year he's targeted a lot he's in the middle of the rounds and he has the skill to do it and the you know the pitches to do it so he's that would be my Shane Bieber for this year 
what do you what about possibly Andrew Heaney type? I was gonna say, don't even say Brandon Woodruff. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Woodruff is when I thought you were that. gonna say that, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> although although you you alluded to it, somebody you're, you're a big fan of really likes Woodruff and it's upsetting you. I'm gonna have to reach out to them and ask why. Yeah. So when I saw this question, um, you know, the first thing I think of just right away, I'm thinking, okay, who's got good control and, uh, you know, a good slider, good swinging strike rate. And the first guy I think of is Joe Musgrove. I mean, oh, goodness. I, We're not doing this again. Yeah. I, I think he can, he, I think he can, you know, take that next step. I, I'm still on that Joe Musgrove, dude. I, I still like him. <laughs> he just, he just broke my heart last year. I, I think I, te- it was before Mike was a part of this. So I would text the group, Mike. Every I think me and George both had a good amount of shares of Musgrove, and I oh, just, yeah. I sat him every bad, every good start. I started him every bad start, and it was so aggravating because he was just one of those guys that matchup didn't matter. He could dominate Colorado. He could dominate the Rockies in Colorado, but struggle against the Giants in San Fran. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I know. it was yeah, just, he was you. one of those, and it was maddening. So I couldn't get it. I couldn't get it right. So I ended up dropping him, and then he went on like a three or four start run, picked him up, and he like killed me for three starts. And I was like, I'm done with him. So no, I, I'm just he's one of those. I think I'm just swearing him off at this point. Like I don't yeah. want to. I'm not doing it again. He broke my heart. But yeah, I, I get it, and I know Spore is a fan of, of his, and the, it's hard to ignore because we we talk about some of the underlying numbers on that podcast and. Yeah, I, I I can understand it, but I'm just not gonna go down that. Not doing it. <laughs> just yeah. not doing it this year. <laughs> we just got asked another question, by the way. Did we? What is it? Read mm-hmm. it. Read it. Uh, and who's it from, from Cam at Gusto underscore one twenty one? Who comes back down to earth if the ball switches back, and what pitchers benefit from the ball switching back? Well, Corbin Burns. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, right away. I mean, Right okay. away, I was gonna say right away. Well, you asked the question this time. Right okay. away, it's like names that like got like even Verlander types. Like Verlander could be even that much better because um, he got. I think he had a, a home run issue last year. Matt Boyd, Boyd, Cindergard, yeah. Thor. Say, anyone who has a home run issue, Madison Bumgarner. I was thinking Mad Bum. Mad Bum actually came to mind, but then I was looking at right. higher, higher. Bauer. Bauer could really benefit from that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like pretty much na- insert pitcher name here will benefit. <laughs> yeah, just guys but, who give up. You think about guys who give up hard contact on you know uh, and give up you know a lot of fly balls. Yeah, so you know all those names we mentioned. Someone maybe like Caleb Smith. Uh, yeah, he was the one I just clicked on to. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, so we're all kind of in the same line of thinking there with those. So guys. who do you guys think would come back to earth? I guess he's asking hitter wise. Pete Alonso. Eduardo Escobar. No. <laughs> okay, Definitely yeah. Eduardo Escobar. Oh yeah, it's got a good one. That's a great one. He's a huge. Right. He's a huge fade for me this year. If you want, like, if you have a share in dynasty leagues, you know what you want dynasty talk. There, here it is. Sell high in <laughs> dynasty. Boom, dynasty talk. What's up? Yeah, that's about. Yeah, he's a huge one. Um, I think Ketel Marte. Maybe I think. I mean, I, I, think I was thinking Marte with the power. I think there's enough bit. change in the profile to back up being a 25 home run guy, but I don't think you should expect more than that. I mean, I know I think his I think his um projection from Steamer is like 22 home runs, so I think he'd be one of those guys that just you know he's not a 30 home run guy now. You know, with the ball like that. Um, yeah. DJ DJ Mayhew probably, although that ballpark will help sustain a lot some of it. So. Um, McNeil might take a big hit too. McNeil isn't a power guy as it is. No, really. no, he's gonna be yeah, perfect. just a, a lot of he's these guys who, <laughs> yeah, a, a lot of these guys who just hadn't had a track record of power in the minors, and now you know they they came up and flashed, 
some power last season and we're thinking they can carry that over, you know, maybe maybe it'll make someone like Tommy Edmond like a, a bust if people are thinking he's going to give, you know, some power w- with that speed. I mean, you know, it, it's going to affect, you know, everyone across the board, really. Yeah, exactly. Just like, yeah, it, it helps all pitchers, it hurts all hitters, but then it just adds that much more value to your Arenados again. You can't, you know, your, your Rendon's take a little bit of a hit even, your Devers, unfortunately. But, I mean, let's see, guys, I'm trying to think of guys like Machado would actually probably gain value because I think him and even a Suarez type, as much as you aren't a fan of his, I think they sustain the power because of whatever it may be, uh, ballpark or just skill set. So you just got to kind of – you got to just look at it. like Definitely, like, oh, Yuli Gurriel is a huge name that would definitely – I mean, I'm already down on him as it is. He's got to definitely take a hit. But, like, a Miguel Sano, you know the power is legit. He doesn't need a juice ball to put up 50. Right. Like, so it's like you just got to really – got to downgrade the guys that like you said just kind of i'm i told myself i wouldn't do this i'm reiterating what you said okay i'm gonna stop now <laughs> I told myself i wouldn't do this I th- is that gonna do it though is that all the questions it was, it was actually a light mailbag cool all right so we'll keep it simple guys thank you so much for um throwing us your questions if we missed any we apologize we'll definitely tackle them on the next one but again this is the last podcast before the new year guys so happy new year hope you enjoyed your holidays and um again you can follow us all on twitter i'm mike you can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. We have the other Mike here at SP Streamer. We have George at Jmonts and his 90. Season's about to really get going for us. We're, we're writing a lot. We're uh, going to get podcasting two or three pods a week, hopefully. Don't forget to please leave us a rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you listen. It really apparently, apparently really helps out. It helps be uh, viewable on all these platforms a little better. So a, a rating review is greatly appreciated. And that's going to do it, guys. So, again, we just appreciate listening, and we'll uh, talk to you soon.